Yeah, good. Is that all right? Greeting you with the Holy Word's peace. We've been going through the 16 deadly deeds. I think we finish it up today, if possible. If not, we'll go next week. And this, the, the frame is uh, close to the scored. So it's not that we're repeating. In the class that I took dealing with this, it, the frame came up right next to disobedience. So we, we know what the frame is, and we're going to talk about that because one of the problems that you remember the, the books in the Bible, especially those in the New Testament written by Paul, were written, were written, do you understand me, to who? The church. And so it is the church people that Paul had a problem with. It's not people on the outside of the church, because those are not the ones that's committed to the church doctrine, not this church, the body of Christ, okay? And what God had us to do. And so there's too much confusion and chaos and division in the church. And so Paul uh, uh, is trying to get the church to come together. Until the church comes together, then the, co- the community can't come together. Come on, and if the community can't come together, uh, okay, well, let's do it this way. Until the body of Christ in the church, that's in you, comes together, then families can't get it together, right? So if families can't get it together, then communities can't get it together, right? right. And so then this country can't get it together. And so uh, there's too much there's too many, first of all, there's too many talk shows, and there's too many different news people, and each one of them has negative stuff. Every now and then when I'm bored, what I'll do is I'll turn, see, when the president does something, I'll turn it on CNN and for about five minutes, and then I'll go to Fox for about five minutes. And you wouldn't know if they were talking about the same person or not, right? And so, and so all of these people are coming in, and all of these uh, uh, different commentators are talking about the giving their opinion is all mostly negative of what's going on in this country, right? And so uh, we need to refrain from that because this is a beautiful country. That's right. Yes, it's a beautiful country, and I'm glad to be an American. I don't know what you all talking about. Yeah, yeah, you know, uh, God is good. Well, we've been doing the scripture of John 10 and 10 where Satan comes to kill, to steal, and destroy. And Jesus says, I come to give you life and life more abundant. If what he's saying is, what I come to give you, you can't get from the system. Do you understand what I'm saying? He says, see, see, so, see, so I, I'm talking to me now. Uh, uh, I have a good life. And in the NIV, it says a life more full. I have a good life right now. I'm living in the life of abundance because I'm not depending on the Congress. Do you understand what? I'm not dependent on the president. I'm not dependent on those old politicians. I'm going on the promises of God. And when I'm living on the promises of God, then I inherit all these blessings because I live on his promises. I remember years ago, there was a commercial about McDonald's. And this little boy and his father was in the car. And the little boy said, Father, uh, he told his father, said, we're going by McDonald's. You promised, you promised, you promised, you did. Yeah, you did, you promised. And so because the father had promised that he had to take his son, where? To McDonald's. Well, Jesus Christ promised me life and life more abundant or life more full, so I'm leaning on his promises. That's right. Do you understand? That's right. I heard Brother Trevor uh, telling you about his air condition when he prayed. Well, uh, I couldn't sleep Friday night. I was rolling, tossing, rolling, and I found him sleeping. 
Uh, Gwen always leaves me a note in the morning because she goes to bed way late. And it was 82 degrees in my house. I'm like, what happened? And the note was your furnace, the furnace called, not the furnace, excuse me, the air condition. And so when I called them and uh, they called me back and they said, well, Pastor Fields, we'll get out there as soon as we uh, can. And the reason they called Pastor Fields, they just sang people to take care of this church. You see, you see what I'm talking about? So they're going to make sure they take care of me. Well, and the blessing is life more abundant. There's the finance there to be able to deal. Come on here. The finance wasn't financially strained and none of those things. That's what he's talking about. Right. The Bible right. is, see, too many people worried about what's going to happen in heaven. No, 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 no. I want all of these blessings he promised me here. But we have to understand Satan wants to steal, to kill, and destroy. Every blessing that God has for you, he wants to take that from you. That's, right. That's why we come to church to strength. You have to have spiritual muscle to be able to make a stand. And it bothers me sometimes because people don't understand the importance of tending the local church. You see, I hear people all the time say, well, I can go to heaven and uh, not go to church. Well, you can get saved and not go to church, but you can't be obedient. The scripture says, do not forget to do what? Assemble yourselves together. The scripture says that uh, uh, the word of God comes from the preacher, right? And faith comes by And how can they hear unless they have a teacher or a preacher, right? So that's why we come here. Because, see, Satan wants you to stay home. Because, see, he knows if you stay home, then you don't have that spiritual muscle. Now, many of you probably in here don't, but uh, I'm just going to talk about what I know about me. You see, I work out at the gym. You know, I'm getting older now, and uh, I need to make sure that I have some strength physically strength because if something would ever happen to me, I want to make sure my legs are strong enough that they ain't got to drag me into the bathroom. That's right. That's right. Oh, yeah. Some of y'all, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I know what I'm talking about. The nurses will tell you there, amen, they, they, because some people don't take care of themselves and their body fall apart and you got to really, you know what I mean, they're, they're handicapped, right? So I work out physically and do light muscle work. Don't do it like I used to, but light muscle work to get the muscles and get the strength to be able to stand up here, look tall and look good in front of y'all. Right. <laughs> but all right. So, so what we want to do is this. Listen to me while I'm coming. How are you going to stand up against adverse forces, demonic forces, and demonic activity if you don't have any spiritual strength? Jeez. Well, this is why you come to church to develop spiritual muscle so that when things come up in your life, you have the spiritual strength. And you see, because is there some good relationships in here? Amen. He don't want that. So he would try to tear that relationship up, whether it be a marriage or a friendship, right? And so uh, we, we got one of the weapons that he uses is called defame. Defame or defamation is to damage, to lies. So what, what, what happens is, now listen to me very carefully. We're going to go slow on this, and I hope I get through it. But it doesn't matter. We'll do it next week, the rest of it. The defame is to tell lies, to damage, all right? See, people, Satan will use people and put in your life to damage you. And there, come on here with me. There have been many of you sitting in here know that as a child, you may have had something to happen to you as a child that damaged you as a child that's hard for you to, you know, you still damage goods, right? And so you have to work your way through that. Well, see, a lot of times we blame the wrong people. Okay, for our situation and circumstances, your mother and your father, well, let's use this, mother and your father ones are supposed to raise you. It was their responsibility to raise you, yes or no? Yes. It was not God's responsibility to raise your children. It is God put, put that responsibility over to the parent. 
right? And so sometimes parents have failed. Yes, some of you all's parents in here, I'm not afraid to help you with that, has caused you to be damaged at a young age because remember now, does God know your potential? Yes. All right, does God put potential in you? Yes. Well, Satan knows your potential, right? And so a lot of you sitting in here, you can look at me, that are way better than you living because you were damaged. You're damaged good. Okay, but we're going to get you out of this in a minute. He does this. He tells lies. How many people in here don't raise your hand, but somebody told a lie, you'll never amount to nothing. That is a lie. God created you to amount to more than something. But you see what I'm saying? And so he does that. This is what the, the fame is to tell somebody a lie or to slander. You know that. And that happens mostly in families. That happens a lot in families when people get to talking crazy and, and start slandering. We see that now in America. Uh, uh, we got this group against that group and this group talking about that group and all this slanders going on and China and Russia are laughing at us. Because he's, they're saying, is this the best they can do? You know? And then we want to tell them how. And the other one is called backbite. Is that right? That's right. Uh, that's the worst person is a back, uh, coward. Somebody that tells you one thing in front of you and does another thing behind you. Well, Satan does these things or to insult someone's good reputation or their character. You see, this is, this is what he does. Satan does these things. He uses these weapons to tear you down. Because guess what? There are people that believe a liar. Y'all didn't know that? Yeah, there are people, because see, a good liar is very convincing. You see? I was good at that, not lying about people, but lying about myself. You ever done that? Yeah, see, I didn't need God. I could do this on my own. I ain't the only person here was saying, come on. Because see, you see, well, see, maybe he didn't die. Jesus didn't die for some of you in here, right? He only died for us that done it wrong. Okay, now I get more amens out of that, all right? And so this is what this is. So what you want to do is be careful how you deal with somebody's reputation and character. And when I done this story, I talked about these gossipers in church that, that will allow somebody outside of your church to gossip about your church. And then I talked about these folks that come, don't come to me with this kind of thing, but I don't want to tell you who it was. <laughs> well, you already told me who the gossiper was when you came to me about the gossiper. That's right. You the gossiper. Huh? Yeah, so yeah, there was just, just two of you. You're just going to tell half of it. All right, so that's right. So if somebody comes to you about somebody in your church, you ought to go off on them. First of all, not even here. Just go right off. Remember what I told you? No garbage can. Because garbage carriers look for garbage cans. Ah, okay. So we talked about that. So we won't allow, allow anybody to defame us in here, right? That's right. We're here to elevate people. Come on, say amen to that. We're here to lift, uplift people, right? All right, so this is what we're going to talk about. Here we go. The Bible tells us in Psalm 101, verse 5, from the voice that whoever secretly slanders his neighbor. Now, secretly slanders his neighbor. Woo. Yes, he, he didn't even say brother or sister. He said neighbor. All right, so whoever slanders his neighbor. The Bible says, I will silence. Woo. I will not tolerate a condescending smirk. An arrogant heart. He says, yeah, isn't that strong? That's very strong listening to that. So, so when you slander your neighbor, guess who's going to take it out on you? 
You see, this is why in this church here, we have, you know, I tell people here, if you come to this church here, you're called to come to this church because we some messed up folks over in here trying to get made up in Christ. Yeah, see, we ain't, we, we going to get it together. We say we're going to get it together, but we're not afraid for God to do the work on us, right? right? We invite the Holy Spirit to come in and do the work. So we so busy worrying, I mean, excuse me, we so busy allowing the Holy Spirit to come in our lives and do the work, we really ain't got time to worry about what somebody's doing. Is that right? Because we're trying to get ourselves together, right? And, and, and see it, and we don't want to quench the Spirit, right? All of these things, these 16 deadly deeds, are things that will quench the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, when you start gossiping, when you start, yes, when you start gossiping and backbiting and undermining, the Holy Spirit leaves. It does this. It's called quenching the Holy Spirit, right? You, you ever sing, isn't it something that we all like that when, when they sing that song? Uh, I think, I don't know if it's Amazing Grace, which one it is. I once was blind, but now I see. You see? Well, every Christian once was blind, but now they see, Right? Right. So how can somebody that once was blind can see not have compassion on somebody that's blind? Come on. Uh, come on here. You see, I mean, you know, the same God, somebody look at me, look at me, the same God that gave me eyesight is this one I couldn't see, is the same God that give you eyesight now that you can't see. And right. he uses other people who are not afraid to testify about their darkness, that they lived in darkness and was set free by the power of Christ. He uses them to help somebody else to find. You remember what I told you? This is very simple. As a Christian, I was a man hungry, looking for bread. And when I found bread, all I do now is just try to teach other people where the bread's at. That's, That's right. all it is going. Because I've been hungry too. Come on, That's amen right. to that. Right. All right, here we go. All right. And then from the mouth of God in Leviticus chapter 19, verse 16, he says, don't spread gossip and rumors. He said, don't spread gossip and rumors. If somebody tells you something and you tell, try to tell that same thing, you're going to miss something anyway. You see? It said, don't spread gossip and rumors, all right? This is, this is how bullying gets started in schools. This is how stuff gets started in families. Because somebody starts gossiping and there's a rumor and on jobs. Come on here. And don't what? Then he says, don't just stand by when your neighbor's life is in danger. And how can you stand by when your neighbor's life's in danger? That's just somebody. The one thing that bothers me on jobs, uh, these people that work at the Hallmarks, the Fords, and the GMs, and all of that, there are people who need for you to guide them. They're your neighbor. And, and you see somebody next to you, or somebody working with you, and they're in danger of losing their life, you're supposed to be a spokesman to them. That's We're right. ambassadors of Christ, isn't that right? We don't turn our back and gossip about them. We don't turn our backs and gossip about them. That's right. What we try to do is we try to encourage them and we'll bring them to where we found bread because we once was hungry too. Come on here. What we do is we try to bring them to a place where our eyesight is cleared up because we once were blind also, right? So we're not going to stand by. I don't know how sometimes you can stand by and you see somebody failing in their life and that's okay with you. That shouldn't be okay with you. What that's called, we're supposed to be. I remember way back when, when uh, the Kansas City Chiefs was in the first Super Bowl, and they played the Green Bay Packers with the great Lombardi. That's who the trophy's named after, the Lombardi Trophy. The great Lombardi. And they asked Hank Stram, I might get DJ up to, you know, to standard here. And so uh, uh, the great Hank, Hamstrang's a great coach. I think he's in the Hall of Fame. And they asked Hank Stram, what was they going to do, okay, uh, what were they going to do? And he told all this, and they asked Lombardi. He says, all we're going to do is out-block and out-tackle. 
sometimes we run off the mouth too much. We need to keep simple. I'm going to Bible study. I'm going to church. Come with me. Come on here. Come with me, right? All right, so, so I'm not going to just stand around, and I want to make sure we got that clear. Quit making all this big stuff. It's very simple. You're sitting in here. There's a whole bunch of us in here. We need some work. We need to go to the workmen. That's right. All right? You're not here because you know what gets me? Everybody, how many people in here know God is real? Amen. Then you in here because he wanted you to be here this morning. That's right. It ain't because you, you plan to be here. God's either in control or he ain't in control. If he's in control, he controlled you to be here this morning. And he wanted you to hear this message. So you either one, you either blind in here or you either one that knows where the blind can be healed. Huh? Come on here. You understand? You either hungry in here or you know where to show somebody where the bread is at. Right? We either one or the other, right? And it's good to be here. It is good to be here in such a time as this because now you're getting called out. All right? And see, and, and let me tell you something, the person that's the worst is not the person that's blind, it's the person that can see that won't help the person that's blind. That's right. It's not the person that's hungry, it's the person that's got bread and knows where bread's at that will not show, show that other person where they got that bread at. Are we good with that? And so we ain't going to do all this talking and talking crazy and rumors and gossiping and backbiting. You see, here's what gets most people in trouble, and I've said it before, somebody leaves church, never ask them why they left. Because now you're in a conversation of gossip. You know, right? right? Then they got to say something. Then they got to say something about, well, I'm upset at that Pastor Fields. Right. You see, that some people just don't know what perfection looks like. <laughs> All right, let's, let's go on. Have fun, laugh, have fun, laugh. Come on. Come on. Nobody comes to me with that stuff. I, I guess, you know. You know, I've always, I like joking and having a good time. Guess why? Jesus says you come to give me life and life more abundant. How can you have life and life more abundant and life more full and not have joy in your heart? Amen. Right? You understand what I'm saying is? Okay. All right. I'll I have turn to Hebrews chapter 6. Thank I'm going you. to read verse 10 from the King James and then from the voice. Right. It says, For God is not unrighteous to forget your work Whoa. and labor of love. God's going to be looking at your what? Your work and your labor of love. So, yes, how are you working and laboring? If you do that and working in your labor of love, guess what's going to happen, folks? Other folk, God's going to reward you because of that. Mm-hmm. You see, you can get into heaven just being saved, but there are some rewards. Yeah, you'll know that. Y'all go, y'all, how many people got a job in here? Amen. Wouldn't you like to have a job? The more you work, the better your job was. They give you some rewards for the job. Amen. Well, that's what I'm trying to do now. I'm going to heaven. I got that covered. I'm trying to get me some rewards. Amen. I'm life and more life more abundant, right? So to do that, I gotta work the labor of love. Come on, see this is what they look at somebody and say, "In the name of Jesus." In the name of Jesus. I love you. I love you. That's what this whole thing's supposed to be about up in here. That's right. Yeah, we're supposed to walk in the labor of love. Now, now wait a minute. I'm gonna do something else. In the labor of love, sometimes you got to labor to love some folks. Amen. <laughs> say that again. Yeah. Let me go over here. Sometimes you got to labor to love some folks. Amen, Amen to that. Yeah, yeah. I, it ain't easy to love some people. Yeah, all right, here we go. goes on to say, which ye have showed towards his name in that ye have ministered to the saints and do minister. See, we, we are what? I'm a pastor. You all are ministers. That's right. 
Everybody in the church is a minister. We got that all wrong. We just got that title. No. We, if you look up the word ministry, what it means, it means to aid another. All right? And if you watch a football game and you see somebody injured out there, the commentators say they're administering to that person. Isn't that right? That's right. So you are the ministers, right? See? So we, think we got a bunch of ministers in here. We have one senior pastor, or two senior pastors. I won't cut my wife off. She might not cook dinner or something for me. Anyway, yeah, so, so, but here's how we do that. You are ministers in here. Yeah, yeah, you are. You all sitting in these pews are the ministers for Christ. Isn't that, and you understand what I'm talking about? And so, we, and, and so if, if you love God and you're working through the love of God and you're laboring through the love of God, you're going to be ministering to other people. Do you understand? Am um, I making any sense to you? All right. The voice says it this way. Because God is not unjust or unfair. Now, God is, because God is not just or unfair? Uh-huh. He won't overlook the work you've done or the love you have carried to each other in his name while doing his work. So God is not, he's not fair. He's going to judge, judge according to your works. Now, we're not talking salvation here. We're talking what you're ministering here. You see, are you ministering? There are people... People put in your life, like I say, on your job. People going, maybe somebody in the grocery store, I don't know. Maybe somebody in the salon, wherever it's at, right? Are you ministering? Are you using, let me tell you something. Where you came from is your pulpit. I'll say it again. Where you came from is your pulpit. You see, this is what the problem of is. Too many Christians get in church and get holier than die. No, but what people want to do is for you to testify and witness, okay, from whence you came. That is your platform. That's right. right? That's right. Because, you know, people will listen. People will listen to someone who has experienced what they're experiencing. Are you all right? You see, it's like, I don't know if anybody in here has ever done it, but if somebody is thinking about committing suicide, they need a Christian person in the church who had thought about it and said, but God blessed me to be able to work through this. Right. Because Satan was trying to kill and destroy my life, and so I have worked my way through this, right? Now, God wouldn't use me for that. Because even when I was sinning, I loved me too much to be killing me or hurting me. Because it doesn't make sense to me. Come on here. Right. It doesn't make sense to me. So he ain't sinning me. He's going to send somebody that it makes sense to. Do you understand? Now, if he has somebody that's prideful. Come on. Come on. What's wrong with y'all up in here? I'm talking about, yeah, I'm just kidding. If you're talking about somebody a little prideful, a little arrogant, and done it his way. Well, you see, you see, uh, you know, Frank sang that song, I done it my way. Well, then he sends me. Because I used to do everything my way. That's right. Because there wasn't no but one way, it was my way. Right. And God had to deliver me from that type of arrogance. Yeah, he did, that type of arrogance. So I can tell anybody that's prideful and arrogant in here how it feels to uh, lose that. And let me tell you, when, when you go to the hospital and you do major surgery and you go through all of that and they put you in that little gown, you ain't cute no more. That's right. You see, yeah, see, yeah, come on here. That's right. And when you got to go do that chemo and do all that stuff, you ain't got your bow tie no more. Come on here, right? You understand? You see, you, you land, come on here, you land in that hospital, you ain't got them cute boots on anymore. Are, are you talking about what I'm saying? You see, it humbles you down very quickly. Come on here. Yeah, when you got to roll that thing in and they got to take you to the bathroom, you ain't your own man anymore. Come on here. 
So if somebody wants to talk about that, I can tell you, now don't get, don't get too high because God can bring you down really low. Yeah, but thank God he done me that. I was up on my high horse. He knocked, he knocked me off my high horse. But then once I got saved and got it right, he put me up on a mountain. So he's good. He's good. He's good. So all of us need to understand that. So it doesn't matter where you're at right now. Find somebody to help you get up. Come on, somebody in here, will you down? God will send somebody to help you get up. I'm telling you that. That's right. And, the, That's right. and it, won't, it ain't going to be the pastor. It's somebody in the church. It's because there are the ministers out there. So you either need to be ministering or being ministered to. That's right. When you come on Sunday mornings, you're getting ministered to. When you go to Bible study and Sunday school, you're getting ministered to. But after those doors are closed, you become a minister, and you're supposed to minister to others. That's right. Right. All right. I have no clue where I'm at. We're on verse 11. Oh, okay. And he's not talking about just one time, church. The Bible says that in verse 11, we want you all to continue working until the end. He's telling me, he says, I want you to continue testifying and witnessing till it's over. Right. You all have a voice. Let it be heard. Mm-hmm. Let it be heard till it's over. All right. He says this so that you will realize the certainty that comes with hope and not to grow lazy. So don't, we ain't going to grow lazy in here. We workers in here. Sister Gwen's found her favorite words is what? Do the work. We got to do the work. It's, I'm, we've up to 56 pounds now. Is that right? We're up to 58 pounds now. For, you ought to have me. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, we just started last week. Pastor challenged us to get up to 200 pounds at church. That's not very much. Uh, each person's going to lose a little. And, and that's a challenge, but it takes work to do that. That's right. And you know, uh, when we get to 200, he's raising it, but we just try to go to 200, right? So, so because we, we want to do that together because all of us need to be more spiritually fit, mentally fit, emotionally fit, financially fit, right? So right. that's a challenge. So you don't want a pastor that don't want to challenge you in every area of your life. So we do the work over here. That's right. Okay. I, I talk to these rocks, all right? You know what, you know, one time Jesus told him, said, don't think y'all so important. If God wanted to, he'd make them what? Rocks cry. So y'all better be saying amen. These rocks will be saying amen to me up in here. That's right. All right, here we go. He goes on to say that we want you to walk in the footsteps of the faithful who came before you. See, we, we always, instead of, we want to walk in the footsteps of the people who are faithful, who came before us, the people who weren't afraid to die for Christ in him. Yes. Yes, we want to walk with faith. We want to walk in those that, that, had to, that believed in healing. Come on, that believed in deliverance, that believed in sanctification, that believed in the Holy Spirit. That's the footsteps we want to walk in. You see? All right. He says, from whom you can learn to be steadfast in pursuing the promises of God. See, you want to be what? Steadfast in pursuing what? My promises? God's promises. Your job's promises? God's promises. The promises of God. This is why when we go on these, remember I tell people when they start using I, I's only good in between S and N. I'm living, some folks didn't know what that spelled. Wow. But you see, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to live on the promises of God. We're going to live on the promises of God. That's right. So when we live on the promises of God, guess what? Jesus says, Satan come to kill, to steal, and destroy, but I come to give you life and life more abundantly. That's the promises we're living on. We're living on the promises of God. Jesus Christ said that he would give us what? Life and life more. And so these are the promises you need to be living in. If you think poor, you'll be poor. 
Huh? So is a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. That's scripture. That's right. So I'm not, I'm not relying on what, who's where, who gets voted in, out. no, 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 no. I'm relying on the promises of God. Now listen to me. I don't care what situation you're going through now, and some of you are going through some difficult times right now, right? Rely on the promises of God. If you rely on the promises of God, see, let me tell you something. God didn't promise you there'd be no hard times. He just promised you you'd get through it. Do you understand it? Some things ain't the devil. Some things are life, right? right. You right. see? Yes. You understand what I'm talking about? The other day, you know, I'm doing all these crunches and trying to stay fit so I can uh, uh, get that coat back on, I told you all. And so I get up in the morning, do my 500 crunches. And so, um, yes, 500. Uh, amen. amen. Just because you can't do 500, don't be saying amen to me. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I do 500 crunches every morning. Because I got to stay fit because I've challenged you to stay fit, right? Because, wait a minute, this is the promise, because, hey, let me tell you, ask me why do I stay healthy? Because I'm living life in abundance because God promised me that through Christ, right? I'm living life more full. Well, I want to live it for a long time. Amen. You see, you understand? You ever hear them people talk about, and some people do this all the time, when you think Jesus is coming, I'm ready to go. I'm like, Really? Yeah, well, you know, uh, spiritually, say spiritually. spiritually. I'm still kicking it spiritually down here. I, don't, I ain't right. trying to get ready to go, right, because I'm living on his promises. Now, I'm telling y'all, if you get this message, some, let me tell you, you know why you're not living where you should do the work. Do the work. I don't care where you're at. Those promises are still there. I don't care what you're going through. Those promises are still there. You can come in here this morning, you can be sad, and you can be uh, uh, grieving in your heart. Uh, yes, you can be grieving, you can be sad, you can be, you know, emotionally going through something because you've been thinking that maybe somebody's going to come back or somebody's going to go or it's going to get changed, it's going to whatever it is. No, I'm going to rely on the promises of God. Now, the promises of God has nothing to do where I'm at. The promises of God has a whole lot to do where he wants to take me to. That's right. That's right. Do you understand what I'm saying? All right. So the blessed thing is he loved you enough this morning to have this message for you. All right. Now here's what we need to remember, church, from the commentary. How often are Christians guilty of criticizing or belittling other believers? Let me come down here. If you want to get a beating, go to some churches. And people will criticize you or belittle you. We ain't doing that in here. We don't do that in here. Because I read a scripture that says, all ye, huh, they call, come and drink. Jesus said that, all. Ain't nothing on the other side of all. Right? So we're going to drink from the same fountain. Ain't no two different fountains here. Ain't but one fountain to drink out of. Right. And it's the fountain of salvation. And the same fountain of salvation that you drink at is the same one that these other folk can drink at. So we don't criticize anybody in here. Read that again. How often are Christians guilty of criticizing or belittling I got a, other believers? I got a question. Who are you to criticize somebody? Well, Who are you to belittle somebody? Is that something? And I'll tell you all something. You in good company. Ask me why. Because all of us done came from somewhere. Amen. Come on here with me. Come on here with me. Go ahead. In fact, the most cunning remarks a child of God may receive are at the hands of another child of God. Sometimes the worst remarks you can receive are at the hands of another child of God. Sometimes the worst things can be said about you as a child of God to another child of God. 
You see, you all love me? You gonna love me if you see me down kicking it? Amen. Huh? Amen. You gonna love me? Do you love me because of or you love me in spite of? Spite well, too of. many people love people because of. That's right. And then when something happens, then they don't love them anymore. Mm. We love in here in spite of. Isn't that right? That's right. Yeah. We are ambassadors of love. Ask me why. How can you be an ambassador of Christ and not be an ambassador of love? All right. Here we go. We should be very careful in guarding ourselves from this satanic D or defaming. Be careful and guard yourself from running off at the mouth and degrading other people. Careful. Ask me why. You don't know who an angel is. That's right. You remember Jesus said, you didn't feed me. You didn't give me drink. And they said, well, Master, we didn't see you. He said, when you didn't do it to one of them little ones, you done it to me. So when you all at Ford and Hallmark and GM and wherever else you're working, you better be careful. That person over there is going through all those issues. Is somebody put there for you. You on trial, not them. You the one on trial, not them. All right, come on. We're told that all believers will gain or suffer rewards at Judgment Day on account of this. We got to be careful. You're going to be judged on account of this. Because, you know, God's going to judge everybody, right? That's in the scripture, right? You see, wouldn't it be something? You got up there, and there's somebody that you've been talking down, backbiting, and God said, because of Joe right there, you don't get your reward. Susanna right there, you don't get your reward. Well, why? God said, I sent him to you. I sent her to you. And you talked them down instead of bringing them up. You see, I sent them for you to walk beside them. You walked in front of them. Sometimes we need to carry people until they get it right. That's right. All right. Now we're going to talk about disobedience. And we can do this pretty fast, I think. Oh, here we go. Here we go. So disobedience is the failure, neglect, or refusal to obey rules. Some, disobe the worst thing is a disobedient child, right? And a disobedient child of God is even worse. I remember when I was a kid, this is old school, some of y'all ain't heard it. My mother used to say a hard head, that's like being disobedient. She used to say a hard head makes a soft behind. So some of, some of y'all heard that before. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, some of, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay, I'm liking this, yeah. And so some of the younger people here are like, what does he mean? <laughs> yeah, that's where it used to be. A hard head makes a soft behind. That's right. And in them days, you know, you couldn't call 911. <laughs> yeah, you, you see what I'm saying? And uh, so it, uh, it made a lot of sense to me. But one thing about it, your parents can't spank you now. Well, they can. Uh, but you, people get all upset and want to do it. There ain't no law against God spanking you. That's right. That's right. <laughs> hey, let's go. I like that. I should be a pastor. That's, that, that's just really good. Y'all can laugh. People set up in church and look all, looking around at folks and looking all, come on, people. I'm a fun guy. And I'm an honest guy. You see, and I'm not afraid to, to live with the truth, and I'm not afraid to tell you the truth. Uh, God's not happy with some Christians in this room. Because you haven't been a, an ambassador of Christ. You haven't ministered with the spirit of love like you should. 
get it right today. All right. Disobedience is also rebellious, defiant, non-compliant, unruly, unruly, bad behaved, or willful. I've been all of them. Amen. There was a time in my life they could have put disobedient and put the definition Johnny Fields. That's right. You see? But that's a tough price to pay. That's right. You pay for it. Sooner or later, you pay for it. It's like when I tell people about the the physical part, and a lot of, I'm one of the very few, especially African-American pastors, that will get on people about physicalness because people don't want to hear, especially in the black church, uh, we don't want to hear about what to eat and what not to eat. Y'all know that. Come on. Amen to that. You see, well, the thing about it is, is if I don't do that and he's called me to do that, I've been what? That's right. That's why I do these messages the way I do these messages. I don't want to be disobedient to God because God called me for that platform. All right, read that again for me. Failure, neglect, or refusal to obey rules of someone in authority. See, we don't want to go by any of the rules. Now, this is what happens in, what happens in households. If you don't have rules with your children, okay, they grow up without rules, mm. and they don't follow the rules, they pay a big price of it. That's right. That's right. You see? And see, but we have to follow the rules. As a parent, I had to follow the rules of how to raise my children, right? And then my children have to follow the rules that I put for them. And then it goes on and on. Ask me what's sad. Most of the murders in Kansas City have been from 14 to 24. That's right. That's right. You know, a 14-year-old just got killed over in KCK last night. And I don't know how the other person got shot. We're getting, somebody's getting shot and killed every night. And they ain't 60 and 70 and 40 and 50. And they're kids that don't follow the rules. I ain't never understood why people like three and four. Nothing, young, there's some young people in here, love me anyhow. Don't nothing good happen after 12. That's right. That's, that's the oldest rule in the world. That's ain't right. nothing good happen after 12. After 12, people talked about that curfew, you know, and some people give their kids curfew. Don't y'all get mad at me, I'm just teaching. Oh, they want one o'clock, two o'clock. Uh-uh. Yeah, you, if I'm home, you home. Right. Yeah, that, that's, oh, that's, that's right. right. Yeah, 12 o'clock, you know, you know, let me tell y'all something. You having fun? When you, you used to have them little scary movies, the Wolfman didn't even come out to after 12 o'clock. <laughs> y'all remember Wolfman? See, now some of these other people don't know. Y'all remember Wolfman? That's right. Uh, yeah, Frankenstein didn't even come out until midnight. That's uh, right, right. If you watch all them movies, nothing happened bad to after 12 o'clock. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, so there ought to be some rules about that, you know? And I tell people, well, that, I ain't got time, but start early. That's right. Start early. All right? So, boy, some parents, I see some young folks are not liking this. We trying to save your life. That's right. We trying to save your life. Yeah. Yeah, we're trying to save your life. You can't love a person and not give them rules, period. Right. God gives us rules because he loves us, That's right. period. And if we're obedient to his rules, he'll protect us. When we get outside of the rules of God, we lose his protection. That's, right. That's period. That don't matter how old you are. Do you understand what I'm saying? All right, and uh, everything that I got in trouble doing, I done after midnight. That's right. Come on. Come on. 
That's right. Yeah. I was, uh, get me out of this because they can't handle what I'm getting ready to say. Well, I was just going to say what you say all the time, that rules are for protection, Real, not restriction. Yes, and I, I've said that, I've used that all the time. Rules are for protection, not restriction. That, that's, 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 that's right. And a lot of young people think we're trying to restrict them to keep them from doing something. No, we're trying to protect you from something right. doing something to you. That's right. You see? And love me anyhow. That's right. And you, some of y'all grown folk need to be getting in. That's right. That's right. All right. The Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. See, I, wouldn't, I, was a, I worked with the Satan before. You know, I was one of his... I was one of his angels, you know. Satan's got angels, y'all know that, right? That's right. And I was one of his angels, see. And when I'd go out back in the day in the 60s, because y'all know I'm, I'm an older guy, and back in the 60s, see, I was smart enough, I wouldn't want to leave the house too late. See, and let, let the ladies done had a lot of drinking before I got there. Come on. Yeah, and so, so, oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, you know, that's just the truth, you know. So you, don't, you ain't going to go out at 8 because you got to buy a lot of drinks. So you get out there at 10, then 11, they don't have a lot of drinks, right? And so, all right, because so, so his angels, his angels know that. So his angels, they coming, they coming in late. And see, everybody else, they, they coming in late, fired up. You know what I'm saying? I know what I'm talking about. It's still the same way today. Come on here. I ain't the only one that's been an angel for Satan up in here. Before we were saved, we was angels for Satan up in here, and he was using us to destroy other people and defame other folks. Thank God for salvation, because don't I have a great gift of teaching and a great gift of, of talking? It, I used to do the same thing for him. And, right, and folks listened to me. Oh, yeah, they did, and followed me. Yeah, they did. And we had great fellowship together. Yeah, we did. Right? But you see what I'm saying? Because I, the gift that God had given me had not yet been anointed. That's right. Right? And so Satan was using that gift. Right? Yes, he was using that gift to destroy other people's lives. Do you understand what I'm saying? Now it's anointed. It was always a gift given to me because gifts without repentance, it was given to me so I know what I'm talking about. Do you understand what I'm saying? All right. Pastor, what you're saying is what it says in Ephesians chapter 2. It says, as for you, don't you remember how you used to just exist? Now, this is the Bible. Corpses. Don't you remember how you used to exist? Nathan, I'm talking to you. They done, they done left the building. Everybody's mind done left the building because some people are embarrassed in here for somebody to know from where they came from. I ain't never embarrassed from where I came from because where I came from got me to where I am through Amen. Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, you see what I'm saying? The thing is, I came from somewhere. That's right. Some folks still there. Amen to that. All right. It says, we're corpses, dead in life, buried in transgressions. And he means spiritually dead. All right. And transgressions basically are infringement or violation of a law, a command, or duty. And I was in violation, and maybe somebody else, don't say amen. Before I got saved, I was in violation of everything we read over there. Amen. All right. So we were and if you didn't say man, you're lying, because it's in here, it says that's where we came from. That's right. All right? Because that meant you ain't saved, right? You can't get saved if you ain't got nothing to be saved from. This is, this is taking so much energy out of me, I'm hungry. All right, let's go. go yeah. 
Again, the Bible said we were corpses, dead in life. Dead in, that's right, spiritually dead. Wandering the course of this perverse world. Wandering the course, come on. Going here and there and everywhere. Of this per what? perverse world. All right. So we were the offspring of the prince of power of the air. We were the offspring. That's what it said. You know, the prince of power of the air is Satan. That's right. So we were his offspring. Before we got saved, we was his offspring. So, so that's why he brings people like me and put me up here. Somebody that ain't scared to tell you where they came from. I was his offspring at one time. That's right. You see, thank God for salvation. All right. Oh, how he owned you. Oh, how who? That's what it says. That's what it oh, says here. How he oh, how he owned you. That's why he gets upset when you get saved. Because, I, I mean, you mean, you know, heaven rejoiced when I came to God. That's right. Y'all don't read y'all's Bible at all, do you? Then? It says, when one sinner comes to God, heaven rejoice. There was grieving and mourning in hell. That's right. When I came to God. Satan just went, oh my, I lost a good one. Well, Come on here. Isn't it fun to laugh at somebody else so you ain't got to laugh at yourself? Well. All right. Again, Pastor. I oh. told y'all, we're not going to have a pep rally over here. We're going to be real over in this church. Come on here. There's people hurting in this church. People come here because they're hurting, they're wounded, and they're bruised. And they're looking for healing. And this is the church where you come from. This is what church will you come to, right? No little eyes and big U's, no big U's and little eyes in here. Because if you came here, if you're in this church, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. Again, oh, how he owned you. Hmm. Just as he still controls those living in disobedience. And just he used to own us, but he's still controlling those others because they still live in the same. And if you live the same, you get the same results. That's right. In Romans 5 and 19, it says, just as through one man's defiant disobedience. Just, and I'll just ad lib this so we can go down. One man caused all these issues. That's right. Adam. But another man can erase all of them. Jesus. One man caused him. Another man what? Erased him. Jesus. Drop on down to the next one. That's right. We're going down to Corinthians. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 5 and 6 says from the NIV, We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. We ain't going to argue against the knowledge of God, period. It is what it is. All right? And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And right now we have the power to take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. I'm trying to be obedient to Christ right now. When my thoughts go crazy and go another direction, I'm, I'm going to bring them back to Christ. All right? And we will be ready to punish every act of disobedience once your obedience is complete. And so we're going to, we're going to keep on working it and getting it right over your Christ Temple North until our obedience is what? Complete. complete. We don't want to be a half person. We're trying to be a whole person in here. That's right. We ain't a half Christian. We want to be a whole Christian in here. And we can't do that until we come unto the obedience of Christ. Period. And that means all of us up in here working at it, huh? That's right. And the voice says it this way. We are demolishing arguments and ideas, every high and mighty philosophy that pits itself against the knowledge of the one true God. We ain't into all that stuff. Some of you reading too many books. 
reading all this stuff and listening to this one telling you how to do this. That's right. That's right. This will do it right here. This will do it right here. We are taking prisoners of every thought. We're taking prisoners of what? Every thought. That's what we do in here. So as a man think of in his heart, so is he. So as a woman think of in her heart, so is she. And we're taking prisoners of those thoughts that are negative. All right? We're taking prisoner of every emotion. We're taking prisoner of our emotions. And, and some of you all know that. We don't follow our emotions anymore. Are you kidding me? All right. And subduing or overcome and conquer them into obedience to the anointing. And now we're taking, we're taking over now. Come on, say, we, we, me, say this, me, me and the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit are, taking over are taking over and going to conquer my life from now on. Say amen to God. That's right. All right. You overcomers in here. Greater is he that's in you than he's in the world. That's right. You're an overcomer in here. You're going to overcome our thoughts. Yeah, we are. We're going to overcome all this. So we, we tired of that. All right. And don't bring it to us, right? All right. I don't, I don't want to hear that stuff. All right. Come on. Right. Don't bring that stuff to me. That's right. <laughs> when I say that, y'all know what, what y'all say if I wasn't up here in this pulpit. Don't be looking at me like I'm saying something new. I wish I could say what you're thinking. <laughs> Pastor's talking vulgar up here. No, no, you're thinking vulgar. That's right. Yeah, because we didn't, hey, no pep rally. We're overcomers in Christ Temple North. That's right. Our thoughts and our emotions. Our emotions and our thoughts are controlled now by the Holy Spirit. That's we right. ain't caught up into all of that stuff. We, we're tired of that. Look what it done for us. Nothing. That's right. So we don't do that anymore in here. We are, we are led by the Spirit of Christ. We are led by the Spirit of Amen. Christ. All right. So church, as soon as you choose obedience, we stand ready to punish every act of disobedience. That's what I do for me. I get upset when I'm a disobedient to Christ. Put, get your paper out. We're going to read our affirmation. Okay. Come on, let's go, church. Up in the top right corner. Everybody stand up. This is who we are. Musicians, you can come on up if you want. We're going to read this out loud, and we're going to let Satan know today who we are. All right. It's because we are God's people, and we're going to let, and let him know today who we are. That's right. Here we go. My thoughts are on high planes. My mind dwells therein. My heart becomes calm. My mind and thoughts cease to be disturbed. In me there is no failure. For Christ is within me, and there is no failure in Christ. I walk as Christ. I talk as Christ. I think as Christ. I have the Spirit of Christ within me. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I ask you to reveal your heart and will to me. Give me ears to hear, eyes to see, and a heart to perceive and understand God's word. I give you all the praise, love, glory, honor, and thanksgiving for what I'm about to receive. Amen.